0: light treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. How are you?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been an emotional roller coaster. These, uh, mm. I, I forget that as much as I feel connected to my Scandinavian ancestors... It kind of blows to be in the cold and the dark.
0: (laughs) Turns out it's actually emotionally devastating. Yeah, yeah. It turns out it is bad. (laughs) Yeah, in fact. So uh, I feel like I haven't done the show in one million years because I took time off for my birthday. And then we were supposed to record yesterday, but um, I went out. Uh, the night before, and had a lot of fun, and was a little too hungover, so we bumped scheduling our big Oscar episode uh, to today. Yep, this is our Super Bowl. It will be the majority of the hour, because there's so much to discuss, but Meredith and I do this every year. We make our predictions. We do pretty well. I calculated our success rate from last year, and I think we were like what did I say, like mid-70s?
1: I think we were, yeah. We we are... there. I think also there were a couple last year where our emotional favorites just <laughs> didn't resonate or didn't get seen by some of the people that, like, some of the... the yes. You know, so we... I think that that hurt a little bit too, yeah. but it's
0: really everybody else's problem. It's it not is, our it's, problem.
1: It's not. We are in fact correct. It's Objectively, just that the, yeah, the voters just may not know what's going yeah. on.
0: This is a science. This is not a matter of opinion. So we've been in the lab. We've made our calculations, and we're going to deliver them to you shortly. I wanted to promote ahead of time, however, that there's a bonus episode of Light, Treason News up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Alison Kilkenny, in which the great Charles Rockhill and I review The Batman. And I we reviewed it pretty early, so I wanted to promote it again because I knew a bunch of people wouldn't have had time to see it yet. And it is chock full of spoilers. So definitely only proceed once you've seen the Batman. You don't care about spoilers anymore. But we talk like for an hour about the Batman. And it was so fun. And yeah, I'm proud of that episode. So please go listen to it. And also listen to Dirty Little Horror, which is a great podcast about horror movies um, hosted by Charles and our other friend Chris. It's really good. They're very funny, insightful people. So if you're into horror, do go check them out as well. Also, should I do cameo? Uh, I
1: mean, I i I would encourage people to pay for a cameo from you. I but don't know. I, know.
0: I, like, I didn't even consider it. But then a friend of mine who's also a writer who – I wouldn't say she's like – Famous, but like niche, you know, like definitely has a flaw. And I was like, oh, those kinds of people are doing cameos. So I don't know. Thought I'd float that out there. If anybody feels strongly one way or another, let me know. I'm just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this work from home thing last. So I'm trying to find, like, various, um, you know, sources of income that allow me to work from home. Because guess what? There's another fucking COVID surge in New York City happening right now. Even though (sighs) um, we've been told this is over and we don't have to wear masks anymore. There's, like, been a 45% spike in COVID cases. So I'm like, let me keep my happy ass at home as long as I can. So should I do cameo? Let me I know. Think, why not just give it a shot? I don't it's know. not like you're. Because I'm going to be mean, mad if nobody. <laughs> wants yeah, one. that's true, that's why. It's, it's not
1: like on you know like medium or something where they start to shame you if sure. you don't get enough subscribers.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. It's more private. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let me know if anybody like has feelings. And then I wanted to get to some Patreon messages. Speaking of my supporters, speaking of other ways you can support the show, if you sign up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, you can send recommendations, comments, little life updates, and I'll read them on the show. Keep them short, everyone, just a reminder. So Esteban wrote in, Some really, really good news to share from my work as a facilitator and movement organizer for post-capitalist futures. Okay, Esteban, we see you. Last year, my group helped an organization called Creatives Rebuild New York to launch a one- $125 $125 million guaranteed income program available to artists of any type or medium across the whole state of New York. It's $1,000 uh, per month of no-strings-attached income for 18 months funded by a huge philanthropic grant to pilot a non-means-tested program for artists and creatives. Then uh, they include the website, creativesrebuildnewyork.org. Uh, for more info, including the free, simple, accessible to people with disabilities application that only takes 10 minutes to fill out, no portfolios or any BS required to apply, selections are basically based on a vetted lottery uh to make sure you live in new york and are in fact an artist of some kind that makes sense they will select 2700 artists and the deadline everybody is march 25th i got so nervous reading that because i was like oh shit i haven't read messages in a while what if the deadline's passed you still have five days so uh, deadline that's awesome though esteban amazing
1: yeah god that's incredible
0: also, Esteban says, P.S., it's also my birthday month. So happy birthday to us. Esteban, happy birthday. You're doing amazing work. That's so cool. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you guys send little updates and I'm like, I guess. But Esteban, that was actually good. <laughs> 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 like relevant, exciting. Oh, my God. Congrats. Mark writes uh, in with a horror recommendation. Very on theme. Thank you, Mark. Um the Other Side of the Box. Have you heard about this, Meredith? No. Okay. It's a 15-minute video on YouTube. No jump scares, but really creepy and well done. I hate stuff like this, but saw a tiny bit and was compelled to find out what happened. It still creeped me out, despite that I was skipping through to get to the highlights. It's 15 minutes, and it had Mark skipping through it. That's how <clears throat> scary it is. Mark, I'm definitely going to check that out. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I love that, sounds that amazing. I love that a lot of, like, horror creators now got their start on YouTube in, like, shorts. It is perfect as a medium to do something like that. So, love that. So, John writes in with a question. Okay. Hey, Allison. Just a question for you as a New Yorker about something I noticed as a tourist there recently. Okay. John has an observation about our culture. Be careful, John. Hmm. Be careful. There's an awful lot of NYPD swag being hawked to tourists visiting NYC, from JFK Airport gift shops to all the corner gift shops in Times Square and Midtown. John, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the swag. I know some of this is a cultural artifact of 9-11 memorializing, and yes, there were some FDNY shirts for sale too, but it's been 20 years since 9-11. And today, the NYPD swag far, far outnumbers the FDNY swag feel like it's morphed into overt propaganda to this at this point, and I wonder who buys this stuff anymore. Fans of TV and movie cop dramas, generally, many set in NYC, white people wanting uh, passive aggressively wanting to express their disfavor of BLM without going full thin blue line slash Punisher shirt crazy, like. If there was rough parody between FDNY and NYPD swag, I could just write it off as 9-11 memorializing, but there was just so much of the NYPD shirts, hats, etc. everywhere. As a non-New Yorker, to me, it's just weird. I do have shirts from Anime NYC and a Yankees-inspired New York shirt in and, and navy blue and white and even a standard New York Knicks shirt as mementos of my trip. But there's no way in hell I'd walk around my hometown with a black and gold T-shirt lionizing the NYPD. But I guess enough tourists and natives do it to keep them churning that stuff out. Just wondering what your insights is on this and why this is. I realize it might be so ubiquit- ubiquitous and a uh, quotidian that is not even on your cultural radar, just part of the background noise of NYC culture. Great question, John. Yeah, I think you completely nailed it. I yeah. think it really, after 9-11, really, really started popping off. It was already a thing because of the cultural touchstones you, you were talking about, like law and order, stuff like that. People like the NYPD from cultural stuff like that. And now, yeah, you know, uh, despite the fact that conservatives like to call New York City a hellhole and, you know, insult it constantly, they love to come here on vacation and these places know they are going to spend money on souvenirs, so they play into the the cop culture stuff of it even more.
1: Yeah, I think uh you nailed pretty much all of both the reasons and the demographics of the people who buy that stuff. Um the, I think it's just that we've we've lived for so long with New York cops as heroes of of some sort that this becomes, uh, it's almost a St. Patrick's Day phenomenon.
0: Mm, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a good like comparison. The.
1: I think people have, you know, they're they're playing off of this desire to play act and and like belong to this subculture that gets lionized. And so that is, you know, that's why they become popular and then they're they're in everywhere. So, yeah. And I imagine they are unfortunately pretty big sellers because they do never, ever, ever go away.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you didn't buy any. I would have been shocked if you had, because you're a listener of this show. If you were like, I got my NYPD swag, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. What? I mean, once
1: you called it Copaganda, it does <laughs> would be a little bit odd to be like, I got to get myself some of that sweet, sweet Copaganda.
0: Right, right. I actually don't know. So like those little shops in Times Square that have the merch, do they have to pay like a licensing fee to the NYPD?
1: I don't, I don't think so.
0: I don't know how that works. Because if you're using their logo, I would actually be curious to know, like, does the NYPD make money from that? Good. I actually I, don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know that. I always assume that the shirts and, and the the materials, like anything that was being sold, was kind of along the lines of the off-brand Elmos
0: in Times Or Square. like the I Heart New York. Like, nobody has to pay a fee for to say I Heart New York, I don't think. Right. And, you
1: know, there's some way to get – like, there's some way that it isn't actually – they're not, like, officially
0: licensed, you know? Right, right. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so Brian has – who knows? I don't have any idea. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Brian has a dating is hellscape uh, comment and then also a recommendation, so I'll read those back to back. Brian writes, a further update from the dating is hellscape files. I finally gave in and just deleted my Tinder (laughs) – For some reason, I was convinced that he was going to say I finally gave in and created a Tinder, but he deleted (laughs) it a few months ago. Why, you might be asking? In May, I added the vaccinated sticker to my Tinder profile after getting my second Pfizer shot. When I did this, the number of matches and potential matches went down to zero and never ticked back up even once. I checked every day or nearly every day for seven months. Probably should have bowed out sooner, to be honest. Just my luck. I've stu- I'm stuck living in the anti-vax capital of the Inland Empire, huh? I'm pretty sure my district only votes Democrat out of habit rather than values. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I do feel really bad for people who are using Tinder in communities where it's just, like, not teeming with single people or people in open relationships because... <laughs> God in in New York City. I'm not saying the quality of matches are good, but I'm never uh, at zero. It's it's always some optimistic person willing to swipe. yes. <laughs> I
1: will. I will say I adjusted the filters. I actually decided that just as an experiment, I would pay so that I could could filter out by politics because oh, I'm so sick. Of seeing like hot guys in my feed, and then seeing that they are either conservative or moderate. Because well, I no you're
0: to do that, and you're in Wisconsin now, so I imagine that's much more of a you know it I'm is, in Brooklyn, yeah.
1: Right. Uh, and I ran out. I literally just ran out. I opened it up just out of curiosity wow. on, on Bumble, and uh, it it did it. So I feel for you. It is no wow. fun.
0: Yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry, Brian. Uh, and then they say, I need to give an important update on a YouTuber I recommended a few years ago named Pushing Up Roses. I think everyone who doesn't already know deserves to know this. She now has a cat named Basket. No need to thank me for passing this on. In all seriousness, though, give Roses some love. NBC Universal just really fucked her on her last that time on Murder, She Wrote video. I imagine that means they had it taken down. As of this writing, it's not viewable yet in the US unless you use a VPN, which by the way, everybody should just go download a VPN. Yeah, Uh, you should. They're they're rad. They're good for your privacy. And uh, it's fucked up. People can track you by your IP number. So download a VPN. They're great. I had to download one so I could watch RuPaul's Drag Race. So... (laughs) That's what I use mine for. But um, thank you, Brian, for that update. Congrats, uh, pushing up roses on basket. Exciting time. Um, and so before we get to our Oscar, our big Oscar show, everybody, I figure I wanted to ask if you had any non-Oscar recommendation. Uh, that you wanted to give everyone uh let's just start with dark dark waters why are we sorry or deep water dark water is the jennifer
1: connelly like i've done that so
0: many times um for some reason my brain just wants to call it dark water deep water singular deep water deep water yeah okay god can i just ask filmmakers in general to uh pivot away from (laughs) that kind of (laughs) titling of your films because at this point, I feel like we have a million dark water, dark dark water waters, deep waters, deep water. And at this point, I'm like, I can't keep them straight. So, Deep Water with Ben Affleck and Anna De Armas just dropped on Hulu. Um, it is a rare adult erotic thriller. We almost never get those anymore uh, from Hollywood because I guess we just have to make PG thirteen comic book films for the rest of time. I say that loving PG 13 comic book films don't ca- come for me. Uh, I would say we- it
1: not loving. So uh, <laughs> I can tell you that, you know, you, we've got our bases covered here,
0: guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so whether you hate them or love them, we agree with you. Uh, don't come for us on Twitter. So Deepwater, however, really returns to like a fatal attraction type era of Hollywood. Very sexy, very adult, very mind gamey. And I fucking loved it. Is it good? Oh. Uh-uh. I don't yep. know. It, this, it's yeah. cartoonishly bad at the end, but I really enjoyed the ride and I was laughing my ass off while also being so afraid in some moments. Ben Affleck's amazing in this film.
1: Yeah. This is really the, the critical thing here. Like he is fantastic. And I think what it's easy to forget if you don't, because we haven't seen these movies, these types of movies for so long is that they're never good. They always leave you feeling a little bit like, well, that was some trash. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also, like, exhilarated because you can't help but giggle at how ridiculous it is. Because we all know sex is hilarious. Like, it's (laughs) embarrassing and we turn into morons when we decide that we're trying to, like, get it. And Mm -hmm. people act like fools when when they're jealous, which means that the entire basis of these movies... Is the sheer ridiculousness of like what happens when people get horny.
0: Right. And I don't think it's giving anything away to uh, summarize the plot as being that Ben Affleck gets cucked the entire movie. Yep. And I did not know he had it in his skill set to, I guess I should have put it together because he is very good at like sulking and brooding. But. That he's really good at playing a guy who's getting cooked because that could be really tiresome after yeah. a few minutes of it. And he just plays it with such, and it, the character's written this way too, but he plays it with such, you know, are you typing? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I had okay. to just type something in there, but I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's like, you're either typing or a small gerbil is eating right by the microphone. <laughs> no. And nice I stuff. think you would have told me that. Um, I did not get a gerbil. <laughs> good. Good update. Meredith uh so yeah it the character is also written that way but there's a real like dark humor and snark to the character that makes him really really funny and very watchable and I just really enjoyed the scenes of Ben Affleck meeting and speaking to Anna de Armas's side pieces
1: (laughs) oh my god and I really have to applaud the casting director of this movie because my god the the people that she's cucking him with <laughs> every single one of them is absolutely perfect like Pitch they are perfect su- sublime in their I don't specific kimboism.
0: I, like, I didn't even mind jacob lordy mitting his way through yet another performance like oh for that God. for that role i was like this actually works the fact that you're not a great actor <laughs> <laughs> well the point
1: is that he's like Pretty and charming, and he's just is there he? to make. Listen, no, I he's not. I hate his stupid face, but I, I can see that people are like convinced that he is.
0: This is another example of he's tall. Like he's six foot five, and people are like, "Is he's hot, right? And it's like, no, he's just like overwhelmingly tall. <laughs> it and is I, hard I would to fall for that too. I would 100% fall for that. If I met him in the flesh, I would be like, that's the hottest dude I've ever met in my life. And then I would need to go home and quietly reflect. And I would be like, no, I think he was just over six foot two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, so, yeah. uh, also, I love Anna D'Armas. She's so good, and she's so charming, and, I don't know, I'm, like, I'm totally in the bag for her.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, she was great. She brought a lot to it. It was not, you know, when actresses get miscast in erotic thrillers, they are off. it's often incredibly painful to watch. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that she actually pulls it off, I fully believe that she would be a crazy, like, High maintenance, like, <laughs> yeah. child-hating stay-at-home mom.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I guess they did, like, sort of try to uh, save it at the end with her the relationship with her daughter, where there is a scene where they're playing together at the end. And it's like, oh, look, she is a good mom. But up until that moment, it's like, this woman regrets having children. And I do like that so many films are are going there. Uh, in themes of motherhood where they're like, can we just talk about the fact that sometimes mom didn't, moms didn't want to be a mom and, and that's just the situation they find themselves in?
1: Yeah, I would actually love to see uh, Anad Armus's character in this having a drink with Dakota Johnson's character <laughs> from The Lost Mother. Oh, because wow. Because I feel like they would both, they would get absolutely...
0: Turnt? Wrecked. Turnt.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, like that's a new... They'd be Thelma and Louise, except they wouldn't actually be doing anything in self-defense. They would just be on a rampage.
0: Oh, my God. That's actually an amazing idea. Now, I just want to see Anna D'Armas and Dakota Fanning in a film together. Because, like, (laughs) that would be chaotic energy, and I'm here for it. Yes. I I wanted to give – go
1: ahead. Oh, I was going to say – I had a friend when I texted about this, texted her about this yesterday. She said, I'm sorry, I can't see the words deep water without thinking her- about the deep water horizon. And now all I want is an erotic thriller set on an oil rig.
0: Oh, that's and I so need that. funny. <laughs> also, that's going to help me remember this film's name now. Because, yeah, Deepwater Horizon will actually <laughs> get. <laughs> drill it in my head so I'm not calling it dark waters anymore uh speaking of perfect casting I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, uh Lil Rel and Dash uh Mihawk I don't know how you say his last name but the the dude from Romeo and Juliet yeah as the uh, two uh, uh best friends of Vic our protagonist, they are also perfect casting they're so funny every line reading is perfect and they were just really, really great. I appreciated the, their presence in the film. And then also Tracy Letts, who is also such a solid character actor. He's great in everything you've ever seen him in. And he just plays the most ridiculous character. What is this guy's deal? What's going on? We don't know. And uh, yeah, he he's just wonderful. And then the the daughter, Gracie Jenkins. I hate, hate, hate. I famously hate child actors. I think they are almost always bad. I I just think they're almost always bad. They always take me out of a movie. I'm like, here's the child actor who's going to act as a child acts. Um, but she's great. She's very natural. Um, they don't have her like overly cutesy. And do watch the post credit, uh, post credits. That's all I'll say about that. Because Gracie, um, our our small queen goes off you might Absol- say
1: absolutely delightful mm-hmm. uh it was kind of it's been a while since i've seen adrian line film and obviously it's been 20 years since he last made one so there's a reason for that but he he just brought an enormous amount of professionalism and like sheen like he everything looks beautiful uh the parties that these rich people are going to look like an enormous amount of fun i was like oh shit do i need to go to parties again That's I
0: (laughs) I was texting you where I was like, I want to go to all these parties. Like these people are ridiculous. It looks so fun. Like what is the deal? Who, whose house was that? Like we never get like full answers about like who is hosting what's going on. And I'm fine with that.
1: Oh yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. It's just, it's silly. Don't listen to anyone who say that it says that it falls flat because I think you have to go in as like, an appreciator of the genre but also just the absurdity of these things. Wait, what um, are people saying? There are some people who have there are some critics who have said that it falls flat that that their uh, okay. relationship doesn't connect that it like is an unfortunate attempt to return to the heyday of the erotic thriller. I just think like I'm sorry you clearly have not watched as many of these as recently as I have because yeah. this is a brilliant entry.
0: It's great. It's so silly. It yeah, it it it's over the top. If you're looking for realism, you won't find realism here <laughs> in any way shape or form. I totally bought their toxic ass relationship. I thought they were really hot together. Um which, you know, is fortunate because sometimes real life off-screen couples weirdly don't have great chemistry on screen, but they do. I thought they were super super hot together. And yeah, I think I think it was a a good time. And as uh, I said to you, Meredith, it also is beautiful. It's like really well shot, as you would imagine. But, you know, in that genre, it can go a little cheap. But I thought it looked beautiful.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it really was. You could tell that it had a real budget. I think it's unfortunate that they decided to bury it because maybe maybe it'll I hope it finds an audience because it does. it, It just screams cult classic like mm. it, it's it's clearly something that will find its audience uh
0: which yeah I think can is we really nice. put on our tin hats for a second and just speculate about why they buried it because i understand how a real life couple breaking up ben affleck and anna Darmus wouldn't want to promote like a sexy thriller together because you know especially if they didn't end things on super great terms, or even if they did, it's not necessarily something you want to like revisit with your ex, you know, but do we think that's the reason that the studio was then like, fuck it, we're not promoting it at all.
1: I have no idea. This is one of those things that I, you know, I, I just, I think they were worried about the toxicity. I also think that there's a chance that, they can't get them to do press together so they knew that there'd be no it would be really hard to sell it in some
0: ways that's so interesting to me because it's like when you sign a contract part of the contract is you have to promote this film and if you are in breach of contract they can sue you so but i am i wonder if the, uh, the studio would be like we can't waste bad press on suing Anna DeArmas and Ben Affleck because they broke up and they don't want to be in a... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that sort of like PR optics angle where they're like, we'll look like so bad if we do this.
1: Yeah. Well, I also, I, yeah, I just don't know. Um, I mean, and they've shifted it around so much. I mean, this, you know, eventually they made so... They changed their rollout plan for it so many times that it's just... Yeah, who just who knows? Like I yeah. have, I unfortunately do not know. Like, don't have any explanation because there's some truly incredible like scenes in it. Um, and I, I will like no spoilers, but man, Tracy Letts gets one or two. Like, <laughs> he has two specific moments that I'm thinking so of good. that are so unbelievably perfect <sighs> that I just, ugh.
0: I was laughing so hard, like, and people were mad about one of the scenes that we're referring to right now where they were like, it was just so over the top and completely unbelievable. And I was like, I was fully laughing my ass off. Yeah.
1: It's like, if you came here for believability, let Get me out. tell you something. I mean, he, the, he just, the character does like Ben Affleck's character designed
0: the microchip or the computer chip
1: that goes into to killer drones,
0: and believe it or not, that kind of plays into his personality <laughs> in general. Oh yeah, so it it is this like perfect character detail where you're suddenly like, yeah, that would be his job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh
1: and I I guess like I just need to say because you know I'm dating somebody who's ethically like ENM, and so have experience now in this universe. Uh, just just role play. And don't kill
0: them. <laughs> like, come on, guys. I guess spoiler. Spoiler <laughs> there. I'll put a spoiler at the top of I'm that. Sorry. But yeah. You you there are ways to like, I think, work through these feelings in a much healthier way. Um, this is just a toxic relationship and y'all need to break up. But if you're committed to staying together for the child, yeah, maybe let's engage in some role play, some some kinky times and not um murder (laughs) innocent people
1: yeah you know this is not hard like plenty of people find a way to make this work although it does it did give me like flashbacks to uh certain moments when you're like the moment I've like gone on dates with people and I'm like oh your girlfriend wife whatever is actually not into this and you are just dragging her along that's yeah uh uh-uh
0: yeah. no thank you like uh what's his name uh dude uh comedian whose name i'm spacing on uh thomas uh middleditch oh yes exactly yeah he did that profile where he's like yeah we're in an open relationship i mean my mom uh, my mom oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh it, my wife's not really into it but you know she's like doing it for me and it's like holy shit do you hear yourself talking yeah it's uh <sighs> Yikes. All right, guys, on that note, it's that time of the show. It's Light and News' is Oscars Spectacular. I didn't name it ahead of time, but we'll go with that. So for this segment, what we did last year, Meredith, I don't think we should do this year, which is we split it into what we think the Academy is going to do versus what they should do. Right. I think that's going to naturally become a conversation anyway throughout the episode, which is fine. But I think we should just do uh, what we believe the Academy is going to do, an actual Oscars prediction show. Sure. Works for me. Great. So I have their page up right now. I figure we can just go through the major categories as they have them listed at Oscars.org. And I have them up, too. So, yeah. Great. So now do we want to start with predictions or do we want to? I guess let's end it with we had pulled together a list ahead of time of our uh, top 10, did we say? Yeah, but we can, depending on how much time we can always do okay. top five. So, uh, we have our top films list and then I have a top performances list. I don't remember if I told you to have that as well, but if not, it's fine. I can just do mine. Um, let's end the episode with those so actor in a leading role the nominees are Javier Bardem for being the Ricardo's well <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch Power of the Dog Andrew Garfield Tick Tick Boom Will Smith King Richard Denzel Washington The Tragedy of Macbeth Meredith who do you think is going to win actor in a leading role
1: Oh it's Will Smith like he's yeah. won all of the uh he's won all of the critics awards so far and you can just kind of tell that it's his time. Like these things happen. I think if there's an upset, I don't know. Would it be Denzel? Even though I know some, maybe not a lot of people saw that. I feel like it's that just film be just him. has
0: no momentum. Like I think if there's going to be an upset, it'll be Benedict. Sadly, um, right because he has been. Thirsty. Pushing, pushing. Yeah, like he's Aww. really, really doing the PR round. Anything he can do, he like suddenly has a statement on Ukraine. He yeah, he is, wants
1: to. He wants to be like give a home to some Ukrainian refugees. He says that like maybe you know he doesn't he doesn't totally think he's heterosexual, but which like, is
0: classic, classic cis straight white male lead around Oscars time. Suddenly they're questioning their sexuality. Right
1: like and i know fun. he's like, and he's super rich and he went to an english boarding school yeah. so like we know you're not entirely heterosexual but nobody's entirely heterosexual
0: could... <laughs> nobody is but like the the whole reason they do that is like he is so clearly the dominant cast that he has to somehow portray himself as an underdog going into oscar season so it's like yeah he wants it he wants it bad but i think will smith has it
1: and i'm I wouldn't be mad at that. he yeah. is like excellent, and this is not the kind of like utter garbage movie where it's like the the terrible ones like I, the pursuit of happiness or whatever the fuck like all of those movies that he made that were really soppy and and kind of soggy feel good nonsense like this at least like it plays to some of his greater strengths than I think like it's it's fine also good story so. Great I'm not story, mad, you know.
0: It's... Yeah, I feel. Oh my god! If he wins, I just need Jane Campion to sit quietly and not do anything and not comment on the Williams sisters ever again. Uh, I hope she doesn't boomer all over the place. Is my hope for her and the rest of her career. Yikes. Um, yeah, I mean the film. The film's solid enough, but what you were saying, Meredith, I think it's just like right time, right place. There's a lot of good, good will towards Will Smith right now. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, Um, I
1: think there is there seems that people have decided that like, after the Fresh Prince reunion, now that he's 50, you know, going through and kind of talking, you know, they've just it's people have decided it's his time, like he gets to get the love and and accolades and attention.
0: And that apparently is what the Oscars are now. They're like legacy awards. They don't really (laughs) reflect (laughs) the particular performance. It doesn't seem like anymore. So yeah, people love Will Smith. It's time for Will Smith to win. So we are predicting Will Smith winning best actor, actor in a supporting role. The nominees are, uh, Siren Hines for Belfast, Troy Koster for Coda, Jesse Plemons, the power of the dog, JK Simmons (laughs) for being the Ricardos and Cody Smith McPhee, the power of the dog. This one's interesting because I think if there's going to be a great upset of these Oscars, it's going to be Coda. Um, And I think Troy has it, which is shocking for me to say because Cody was a lock for most of the Oscar season. But as so often happens in Oscar season, there's a last minute push by a smaller film that feels very primed for the Oscars. It's a feel good family-oriented, middle-of-the-road, you know, it's it's that type of film that the Oscars really responds positively to. That's not me besmirching Coda, by the way. I recommended Coda on the show. I think it's a great film, but it feels very, like, Oscars-pleasing, yeah. and uh, I think Troy has it.
1: Well, I also think that because Sound of Metal didn't break through, mm-hmm. uh, like, those nations didn't come to fruition that there's a good chance that now they're going to be like well now we'll give it to the death movie
0: right right um, yeah that's a good point so
1: uh and and yeah coda's is, is is very good and these stories are important and i think that um you know yeah he's lovely but i i still i'm still going to be rooting for the dark twink magic
0: so uh, do you think cody will win
1: I don't. I think that Troy wow. will win, but I'm hoping that there is an upset and Cody wins. Um, and also, I don't want to like get all like Irish-plaining on you, but it is Kieran.
0: Is it? Okay, yeah. I didn't know. Um,
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, who cares? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm just... I, I, must, I, I couldn't know. care less about that film. I don't give a about shit about film.
1: Belfast, but I do give a shit about him. He's a great actor, and I've loved him for a long time. Girl, It'll I guess. it be great to see him, but come on
0: um yeah i've de- i've as I told you I've decided to turn on uh Cody, so i I guess I'm rooting for Troy at this point. He's a great mm-hmm. actor. It would be hilarious if Jesse Clemens wins oh my god, I mean i would
1: that would just make me smile enormously but very funny
0: because that performance is really understated he's amazing he's always amazing but people were shocked he got a nomination (laughs) because the oscars like clearly wants to give him an oscar and they will eventually probably killers of the flower moon yeah once (laughs) that comes out i think he's pretty much like locked in to win an oscar (laughs) everybody knows it but like they really really love jesse Plemons. um but this is usually one of my favorite categories and this this year it's a a little weak, but I am really happy that Troy is getting a lot of love. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, actress in a leading role, Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye wild, Olivia Coleman for the Lost daughter, Penelope Cruz for parallel mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardo's and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. This is interesting. Uh, I am I called it forever ago as Kristen Stewart, and I feel like that has not quite come to fruition. Although lately there's there's building buzz again that she might have a shot. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost guaranteed to be Olivia Coleman because she's really entering her Judy Dench phase, where it's like anytime she gets nominated for anything, she wins. Um, and, and the Academy loves her so much. But the stubborn streak in me, I'm going to stick with Kristen. And I know it's almost certainly wrong, but I I just called it so early, I would feel like a coward if I didn't stick with it.
1: I mean, I understand that. I Mm. think that... I think it... I want it to be Olivia. These weird... The sudden, like, appearance of Jessica Chastain winning awards, like, I just don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on there because, like... And I, I, I just no like i'm sorry you put on a lot of ugly makeup you didn't really do a performance
0: i am a little worried because i think if there's a potential upset it might be her because she's also like pushing really hard
1: yeah i mean she's incredibly thirsty and has been you know she's been gunning for an oscar ever since she broke through in tree of life so like
0: I mean, and she's Kristen, a typical
1: Juilliard person, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I love Kristen so much, but she really is like double middle fingers up to the Academy, and you you do have to kiss their ass a little bit if you're going to win.
1: Yeah, um, um, but also, and, like we yeah. said when we were disappointed about the fact that we knew Riz wasn't going to win last year. Yeah. Uh, she's young. Yes. She's an excellent actress, and she makes interesting choices, so she's definitely going to – we'll see her again. It's, I think – as long as Nicole Kidman stays a thousand miles
0: away from the stage, I'm I'm scared about that too. This is really like <sighs> this category could get wild because uh, Nicole's also really loved by the Academy. That movie, God damn! Like again, Academy voters are not the general populace, and this is like a clear example of that where it's like. They really loved being the Ricardos. They really fucking loved Belfast and it's like if if I grab random people off the street right now and I'm like what's your favorite film of the year? Fucking nobody's going to say Belfast or being the Ricardos.
1: At all.
0: Not a single goddamn person I find. Yeah. I but, mean, I think
1: that Olivia deserves it. Yes. Most because she did like the, that movie was genuinely interesting and the character is genuinely interesting, but I also think that's why that why her like she's not a lock because she's playing someone that a lot of um the older more conservative oscar voters are not going to like and think are like you know, very <laughs> hypocritically obviously but think like oh i just didn't like that character because you know she's a bad mom
0: right right
1: because you know? hollywood is full is like clearly full of the the greatest most dedicated parents of all time. oh my
0: god the healthiest families you'll ever find meredith it's I really know. aspirational yeah
1: yeah i mean what was it uh yeah. I mean, Dakota Johnson's grandmother kept a fucking, <laughs> like, almost killed part of a her film crew while making a movie with her pet goddamn lion.
0: Oh, my God. Who totally has not normal. been there, though? Who has not been there? I'm constantly only, almost getting people killed because of my pet lion. Yeah. Uh, I have well, not let's... seen Parallel Mothers, so I can't comment on Penelope Cruz, but I've heard that she's great.
1: I I mean, it's, it's Penelope Cruz with Almodovar, so... She's definitely great, but yeah, yeah, I think it's just going to be, it's just probably too small. They just, and I, you know, keep nominating her. She's wonderful. She's beautiful. She deserves it. Make more movies with Pedro, please.
0: Agreed. I meant to go off on this at the beginning of this talk, but I guess we can like uh, pivot slightly and then go back. I wanted to talk about the changes to the Oscars this year and, like, go on a little bit of a tirade because I am furious about the changes that have been made to this year's um, awards celebration, Uh, one being that they're not televising some major awards, like Best Score? Meredith, did you know that music is not important when it comes to filmmaking? Huh. I, you know, that wouldn't be something that I
1: would think, but if I'm How about wrong, editing, okay. How about
0: editing? Did you think editing oh, was important to a film? No, you know, maybe? I, you know,
1: right. Like all those dipshits, like that, that bitch Thelma Schumacher, like <laughs> nobody needs her. I mean, what was her like, her, like, she has the best quote for why this was an idiotic decision. Uh, from the it's Academy so, so stupid. How do they say her, which is like, you wrote all Scorsese's movies. Does it bother you to edit these movies that are so violent? And she says, honey, they're not violent until I edit them. <laughs> <laughs> which Very is funny. a perfect description of why these, like, why editing in particular is an important category, but also why this is just ridiculous, like, suck up bullshit from the Academy.
0: Like, yeah, they want to turn it more into pr- Yeah. And and their whole thing is ratings. They're like ratings go down every year. And it's like, no shit. You are on basic cable. If you look at any live television show, ratings are plummeting every year. Why? Because young people don't have cable. Young people stream things on their internet connection so if you're willing if you're trying to expand your audience you would have the oscars streaming on twitter you would have it streaming on instagram Instead you would end going this- to abc
1: and then having it being
0: like you can't
1: sign in because blah blah, blah you don't have a cable provider
0: Exactly. And it's like you would end this like death pact you have with ABC. They just extended that contract for like eight more fucking years or something ridiculous. That's what's killing you. You're not going to gain a huge audience all of a sudden because you cut best score and best editing from the award ceremony. It's still going to be three plus hours. And it's like, by the way, I would be fine if it was five or eight hours, if it was truly like the Super Bowl, if there was like a pre-show and then the ridiculously long game and then like an after show, like keep it going all day because I'll watch whatever. But I really wish they would like lean into this shit because it's like, I just think about like little kids watching the Oscars, right? And for like a little kid in the middle of Boofoo Nowhere, that might be their first introduction to filmmaking and, like, the world of filmmaking. So, like, how cool would it be? This is not my original idea, by the way. I've heard other people propose this. But, like, how cool would it be if, like, not only do we keep, right, best score, we have little mini vignettes where we follow around the major composers who have been nominated and we, like, see how they make music. Mm -hmm. And just, like, a little mini package, it could be, like, a minute long, um total if you want for all the nominees like really quick just seeing them in sound booths with the with the musicians stuff like that and then we really lean into it and we don't care how long it is but it really is a celebration of film and you can see how like how does one edit a film i don't fucking know how about we follow the nominees in this category and see how they edited this film how fucking cool would that be god that would be amazing and I it would just, be really long and some people would stop watching, but that's okay because we have decided this is a celebration of film. We're still going to sell to advertisers. We might sell to more advertisers because now we can have moments where it's like, you see some of your favorite pairings of actors together and they interact and oh my God, that's so amazing. Look at their chemistry. And like, we really lean into the, the filmmaking of it all.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really, that is a really good idea. Whoever thought of that is, is definitely onto something. I, uh, there's just the, the way that they discuss things. I mean, they can't even get the in memoriams, right?
0: You know? (laughs) I know. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So uh, thank you for, for humoring my little uh, tirade, but like, I think this is bullshit. I think they're absolutely killing the Oscars because they won't pick a lane. They're Mm -hmm. like, celebration of film but it's also it's celebrity uh, prom and we're trying to cut it all the time and it's like no no no. you actually do have to pick a direction because if you want it to be a populist award show fine but then fully open the gate to like spider-man no way home so then you get that boost in the ratings and we get fucking tom holland and zendaya at the oscars like let's go if we're gonna lean into it but don't do this lukewarm wishy-washy bullshit where it's like oh no we're very prestigious but also we need to bump our numbers up and it's like well don't give a shit if you're all about the art you know
1: yeah exactly Mm. but they're not because these people are you know they're all star fuckers and ridiculous it's all ridiculous And
0: by the way like that's not yeah i'm not making a judgment on that i'm like i'm a star fucker too i love seeing celebrities at the oscars it's one of the reasons i watch the oscars i want to see pretty dresses like let's go but I just think it's ridiculous. Like if you're going to be snobs about Marvel, then you can't be cutting best score. <laughs> you know, like it's crazy. So actress in a supporting role. Nominees, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, <laughs> Belfast, Kristen Dunst, The Power of the Dog, and uh, uh, Anjani, Anjani Alice for King Richard.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is going to be Ariana DeBose because like, it just is (laughs) like, I don't think uh, she's
0: she's a perfect combination of like, all of the indicators are there. She's winning all the correct awards leading up to the Oscars and she is thirsty and she's pushing for it. Which, again, not a judgment. When we say people are thirsty, it, it mostly means, like, they're advocating for themselves, which is great. Um, they're like, hey, I did a really good job in that movie where everybody's saying I did a really good job. And you should probably award me for that. It's like, hey, yeah. respect. Like, you know, you're pushing hard. That's, that's good. Especially someone like Ariana DeBose, who, like, historically is not represented at the Oscars. So, like, I'm yeah. all for her really, like, passionately advocating for herself. But, like, all of the markers are there. It's Ariana.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and that's okay. Like she is spectacular, um, in, in West Side Story. Oh, hands, hands
0: down, (laughs) hands down the best part of that film.
1: Uh, so uh, there's, there's, I was like, you know, exactly the kind of scene stealing star, like huge star making performance that you like to see in these movies. Um, And, you know, I will not be sad, but I am, you know, like shout outs to Jesse Buckley and Kirsten Dunst because both of them deserve Oscars as well for work that they do. And I hope to see them in categories again because they are both incredibly talented and they both did great work in those movies.
0: I mean, I think it will almost uh, definitely happen for Jesse Buckley. And I think it very likely will happen for Kirsten Dunst eventually now. And I've really been enjoying seeing so many people, like, discovering that she's amazing because she's been amazing for a minute. (laughs) But, but, you know, the industry remembers, uh, like, when she was a teenager and went through a little bit of a rough patch and then disappeared for a little while. And some people didn't keep up to speed on her her career uh, as an actress. And she was doing really interesting things and making interesting choices. And I feel like this year... A lot of uh, let's say male critics uh realized that she's great. And a lot of uh women who were fans of hers were like, no shit.
1: We're <laughs> like, hello. Do we <laughs> well, welcome to the Kirsten Dunst sponsored? Bring it on, Dappa Gorgeous, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine.
0: She's Get always <laughs> been great assholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this next category, I don't feel like I can fully comment on. I've seen a few of these films, but uh maybe we can still discuss animated feature film. Isn't it just gonna be
1: Encanto because everybody saw
0: it? I think so. Or maybe Luca, like an upset Flea also got really uh good reviews. Then there's the Mitchells versus the Machines and Raya and The Last Dragon. I think it's almost definitely Encanto. Um Luca was good. I wish I liked Luca as much as other people liked Luca.
1: I have to admit I have only seen Encanto, which, yeah. uh, because I just have not been watching a lot of animated movies. Uh,
0: but I think you're right. It'll just win by, I mean, it's a great film, but it'll win by default because I think it is the animated film that the most people have seen. And who would have c- predicted that We Need to Talk About Bruno would be like a number one smash hit, international hit. Um, and that, that's not the song that they submitted for the Oscars. Right. Well, and they're
1: opening the show with it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to. You have to acknowledge that it is this like insane viral hit. Amazing. Uh, um,
1: yeah. I mean, basically every Oscar nom- like Oscar member or Academy member with a child has seen this movie, which drastically ups its, its probability,
0: you know. Huge help. Huge help. Uh, cinematography, Dune, motherfuckers! Greg Fraser, Nightmare Alley, uh, Dan Lawson, The Power of the Dog, Azari Wegner, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Del Bonnell, and West Side Story, Janus Kaminski. I apologize to everyone. I think I mispronounced every other name that is not <laughs> Greg Frazier. Uh, it's my boy, Greg Frazier. Uh, I...
1: I kinda think it may go to West Side Story because like Spielberg wow. and Kaminsky are so like linked and it, it, it is beautiful cinematography. But I wish you know, I think that Dune I would prefer it wins. So if those two like between those two, I would say it's between them. I just don't
0: I can't fully say. You gotta make a decision. You can't
1: paper oh, on me. You gotta make God. a
0: decision. Fine.
1: Uh, I'm still gonna say West Side Story, just so we've okay. got one of each.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, then that's I can good. be happy. To be wrong. I I prefer the spicier take always. Yes, um,
1: uh, and I mean I loved Ari Wegner's work in, for with Power of the Dog, but I just don't. I think the movie's momentum is just dulled. So.
0: Yeah, and also West Side Story is fucking beautiful. Like that opening shot is bananas. Good. I was just like watching it. Like I don't know how they shot this this uh, scene. So. Um, yeah, wouldn't be a travesty. I just like, Dune is so underrepresented and Greg Frazier is the cinematographer of every major good film right now. <laughs> it's like, it feels like uh, he also has a lot of industry backing and he's a genius. So yeah. I'm like, it But also, go to if he ends
1: up, if he's the cinematographer on part two, his chances will go way up when that
0: comes up. I out. 100% agree. I think Dune, uh, well, now Denise saying there might be a part three. So who knows? But... I do think. Oh come on, it, Denny! Dune Messiah. He's got to do the big one. This is like what everything's building towards. That's when things go completely off the rails and he becomes Space Hitler. Like you got to see I want... Timothy Chalamet as Twink Space Hitler. Like front row, let's go. Absolutely. So I support. If he if he feels like he needs three parts to get it done, give the man the money. He's one of the most brilliant filmmakers working today. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants, and then we'll no. have an amazing trilogy. Oh, I mean, all I'm saying is that I prefer to call it Stalin Worm
1: rather than Space <laughs> Hitler. So <laughs> you can pick your.
0: Both are good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> costume design Cruella, Jenny Bevan, uh, Cyrano, Massimo uh, Contini Perini, and Jacqueline Duran. Uh, Dune is Jacqueline West and Robert Morgan. Nightmare Alley is Louis Sagira, and West Side Story is Paul Taswell. It's Dune, Jacqueline, and Robert.
1: Uh, I actually think that might be true. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I think there's a chance for either West Side Story or Nightmare Alley just because of the period detail. But, yeah, I'll go with Dune.
0: It Just, like, the cultural impact of the Dune costumes and, like, the still suits and, like, they're just, like, so buzzy and have such a great unique look um yeah I've seen close-ups of some of the costumes and it's just the detailing is bananas um they did a great job so yeah I think think Dune's gonna take it
1: I also think that like production design and such are the places where Dune would pick up awards everything that's not gonna be
0: televised so it's gonna seem like Dune didn't win anything (laughs) I know
1: And you know what? That's fine because it's still going to make money and it's still going to be a second one.
0: I feel like I should just have like a blanket disclaimer over this entire episode where I'm like, awards don't fucking matter, except they kind of do when it comes to like, you know, representation and cultural impact. But yeah, please just keep in mind that anytime we're talking about this and it, it sounds like we're investing a tremendous amount of importance into these awards, we also know that they're stupid and meaningless and like artist subjective and some of the best films to ever exist. Um like don't have a huge audience, you know, so keep all of that in mind. Yeah, um, absolutely. Directing. This is another one that can get uh crazy potentially. So we have Kenneth Brana for Belfast. Um uh we have Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, The Power of the Dog, Campion, West Side Story, Spielberg. So I think all signs still indicate that Jane has it for power of the dog.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think that there, I I think there's, I, I think that's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there is a small chance that Hamaguchi could take it, which would be a stunning upset. But I think it's also a legacy award, right time, right place. Jane is very beloved by Hollywood, even though she said that unforgivably stupid thing about the the Williams sisters that she should apologize for she might have already I actually don't know I think she did
1: but that's okay
0: um that was insane I couldn't believe she said it at this hour I was like really okay right before the awards great uh and also I feel like she should send a big bouquet thank you bouquet to Sam Elliott because it felt like Power of the Dog was losing a little bit of momentum, and then he said that stupid thing on Mark Maron's podcast about you know it not being an authentic western and very like sexist and homophobic rant. Um, a male
1: celebrity said something stupid on Mark Marin. I'm <laughs> shocked.
0: <laughs> By the way, what did Maron say? Do we I know? I what-
1: don't actually know how he responded. Okay, and let's let's also. You Know the fact, I hope that he called him. I'll have to go back and actually listen now because I'm very you curious, know, yeah. Well, and especially since he, you know, his late partner was Lynn Shelton, yes, an absolutely beloved uh, director and filmmaker who was always making films that were and and television that was not like I guess in her lane. If you right. want to think about it this way, trailblazer,
0: uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So this is, you know, I I can imagine. So it's like, what a you really stepped in it, Sam Elliott. But
0: that's that's sort of why I'm like, I would like to think Mark would push back, but like, who the hell knows?
1: Yeah, um, I I do think that. Uh, yeah, she she got lucky there. If there is an upset, it's because the stupid thing she said she said before Oscar and her voting finished.
0: True, true. So yeah.
1: <laughs> there were definitely people that would have been able to say given how petty they are yeah uh, people might have decided to vote for someone else um if and if she doesn't get it i would hope it goes to riyasuke hamaguchi but uh who knows
0: (laughs) yeah i think i would be upset if it was anybody else if if it was hamaguchi i would be like i mean that film is like stunning (laughs) like it is so good and i'm really thrilled that it's gotten so much support In this Oscar season. But yeah, I think it's Jane's time. And again, I can't say this enough. She would be the first female director ever to win twice.
1: Isn't she the first that's ever been nominated twice?
0: Yes, that must be true. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. 2022. Um, This uh, is another category I, I really can't comment on, but I wanted to give you the opportunity if you could. Feature documentary. Do you feel equipped Uh, to make a call i mean frankly i
1: i i've seen two three of them the only one i've seen
0: is summer of soul
1: i've seen summer of soul and i've seen flea and flea is excellent
0: i've Um, heard flea is great i haven't seen it
1: but uh the academy loves a feel-good i guess documentary and i think Mm -hmm. like i think summer of soul is gonna win i mean it's so good
0: it's like from an archival perspective, it is one of the best archival documentaries I've ever seen. It's absolutely stunning that all of that great footage was sitting unviewed in a basement somewhere because uh America's racist basically <laughs> like it was as big as Woodstock at the moment and just like no white person was aware of it really <laughs> that it had happened. Um so do check that out if you haven't seen Summer of Soul yet I got to see it at a screening and Questlove was there so that was very fun yeah I mean um, frankly if
1: if Questlove gets to go up on the Oscar stage and yes. just like talk about how much he loves music and how Love much it. he loves soul music that would I would be very happy about that I think it would be me lovely
0: me too me too Uh, Let's go to film editing. Let's not be like the Oscars and cut film editing. So it is wild to me that Don't Look Up got nominated for film editing because that film is a mess when it comes to editing. But Hank Corwin, I guess. Good job. Uh, Don't Look Up. Dune, my boy, Joe Walker, King Richard, Pamela Martin, The Power of the Dog is Peter Skibaris. Sorry. Tick, Tick, Boom, Myron, Kirstein and Andrew uh Wise Bloom. Again, apologies to everyone for everything I pronounced. Um I'm going to give it to I want to say June, but I think it'll probably be Power of the Dog. Oh.
1: Uh, sorry. Scared Rosie.
0: the shit out of me. I'm
1: sorry. Rosie's defending me against something outside, I guess. Uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: apologies everyone. She's very uh she's been sleeping through all the Oscar movies. <laughs> So she has no real opinions.
0: Sure. Uh, Uninformed, but loud, like a good American. Uh,
1: (laughs) But also she did bark as soon as you said power of the dog. So she's actually like, Oh, uh, she's she's
0: a fan. She doesn't know there's no dogs in it though. That's embarrassing for her. But
1: I do think I also agree that I think it'll be power of the dog. Uh, I think so. That's a,
0: it's a tight film. It, it doesn't feel like the editing feels good in it. I mean, like, Listen, I know everybody who – I'm not saying I think you're a dumb person if you didn't like Dune, but I've talked to some people who were like, it was so long, and I'm just like, you're a simpleton, and I now I feel I think less of you. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that the fact that they told a story that felt very intimate and epic at the same time in Power of the Dog and then, like, also managed to come in under two hours, that's a really – great achievement and i think speaks to the editing on like just straight up they right. got it you know he made it all flow and made it work so it's important
0: um i think we can power through the rest of this i think international feature film drive my car probably has it at this point
1: yeah i do uh i think there will be plenty of uh not are plenty of votes for worst person in the world but yeah i think drive my car has it um especially if it doesn't end up winning best picture
0: totally um makeup and hairstyling i'm gonna give to dune uh i would almost say
1: there's a chance for an upset from cruella honestly
0: Ooh, okay
1: uh because the only thing i remember about that movie is the crazy ass
0: makeup <laughs> yeah sure um music original score i'm gonna give it to my boy Hans zimmer for dune
1: uh, I agree. I think if it doesn't go to him, it'll go to Johnny Greenwood.
0: You with this little back and forth, like covering your bases, saying if it doesn't go to this one, it's going to go to this one. Like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're hey, doing.
1: you, uh, you can accuse <laughs> me all you want. You can prove nothing. <laughs>
0: hey, um, <laughs> music, original score. Um, I mean, this has to be, ooh. Oh, this is a, this is the interesting one because this is the one on Con- Encanto picked the one that's not as big of a hit as we need to talk about Bruno. Yeah. Um. Oh God, this category is a mess. So, uh, Be Alive from King Richard. Um. Is it Dos Orejitas Encanto? Orejitas. To- Orejitas. Encanto. Yeah. Down to Joy, Belfast. No time to die. Oh, maybe it'll go no time to die, Billie Eilish and Phineas. Somehow you do from four good days. <laughs> uh, I'll go no time to die.
1: Uh, I'm going to say be alive just because
0: Beyonce. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, I already forgot what I said. Oh, no time to die, right? Yeah. I'm writing all of this down so I can uh, laugh at us later. All right. <laughs> well are those those are the oh oh my god we didn't do best picture I was gonna say we still have best picture dude um yeah and then let's call it there because yeah that's shorts fine. and sound but yeah um so even on their website they bury all of the categories at the end okay so we got belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley power the dog and west side story god damn that category is huge um i know
1: Sometimes when they put 10, like, when they actually use the 10 possibilities, it gets a little overwhelming.
0: It's really overwhelming. Like, how do you compare any of these films? Okay, so we all know in my heart the answer is Dune, right? Right. But every indicator is telling me it's still Power of the Dog. So I'll say Power of the Dog.
1: Oh, this one's a lot harder for me because uh, I think if we were actually talking about quality, it would, like... Drive my car deserves it. I yes, I agree. um, I think I agree that Power of the Dog is the one that is is likely to take it. Um, Yeah, it seems like everything's like the timing of the other movies that are that are good and and Mm -hmm. might. uh, You know, it it just it's going to get there. Like it's just now, still the default you know?
0: Yeah. Like has the enthusiasm waned? Yes, but I don't think it's waned enough and I don't think anybody's quite stepped up enough like a coda to take it from them.
1: Yes. Uh, And yes, I am typing again. I just needed to pull (laughs) up my, I realized I had not pulled up my list of um,
0: okay, yes, my
1: list of movies. So I had to just pull that up.
0: (laughs) So let's get into that. This is our top 10 Film list of the year. These are, you're going to hear some familiar names, I'm sure, from the Oscars list, but these are also films that we've seen that maybe are lesser appreciated that we would really recommend people go out and see if they haven't already done so. Um, I, I approached in from a very, um, non snob viewpoint. Mine is very, I would say a more populist list. Um, and then I also have my top 10 performances. Okay. And, we can either get to that or not, depending on how we're feeling. But um, um, Do you want
1: to do this like we did um, last time where we both started at number 10 and go on? Or how do you want to... So no,
0: I don't have mine in a particular order. Okay, But well, also neither, now yeah. that I'm looking at it, I could figure it out as we go along if you would rather do that.
1: Uh, no, I actually think that I would prefer to uh, just make it uh yeah just just do the ten. I didn't really yeah. write them either.
0: So uh number 10 for me is come on come on. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, and I've already I'm counting really quick. I might have 11 on my list. That's okay. Oh. <laughs> um <laughs> okay. I can cut I can cut as we go along. Um but yeah, I really loved come on come on. Um I was very wary of it at first because you know, you see Joaquin Phoenix in like a small budget black and white film. And you're like, well, this seems like art house uh, drivel. And I don't know if it's it's going to be good. And then like the overwhelming popular um, or positive reviews start coming out. And, you know, you have that impulse in you where you're like, is it really that good? Because you're a bad person. And then you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, it is actually that good. So I, I really loved Come On, Come On. Speaking of... Child performances that are actually very good, and I can get behind. And who famously hates children? This gal right here. Woody Norman is so good as Jesse. And also, Gabby Hoffman is incredible as his sister, Viv. You gotta have Scoot McNary in there because he's Scoot McNary and he's in everything. And is he wonderful? Yes. And then, Joy of Joys, Jabuki Young White. Young comedian is also in it, and he's also great. So the cast is amazing. Joaquin is wonderful, of course. Um, didn't make me cry so much. And, yeah, I really loved it. Amazing.
1: Uh, I, so my next one, I would say, is, uh, and I know going all the way back to summer 2021, I decided to put The Green Knight on there.
0: Hell, yeah, that's on my list, but much higher.
1: Like I said, I didn't actually try to rank them, so I'm literally yes. just going by the first ones that I wrote okay. down.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. same Zs.
1: So uh, I thought that it was beautiful. It was uh, it was a beautiful dream. I thought the music was great. I thought the vignettes themselves that comprised the movie were gorgeously told and had a lot of really interesting performances from all of the the small, smaller parts, Barry Keegan, Joel... Uh, which Joel is it? The.
0: Joel? Oh, uh, Egerton.
1: Yeah. Joel Egerton. Uh, sorry. I literally like, I was just like, fuck which Joel, which no, Joel. I had to remember <laughs>
0: that he was in the film. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible role. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like, just give Dev Patel the chance to be that hot in everything. Oh my please. God.
0: So stupid. Hot. Oh,
1: just incredible. I love him so much. Um, And I think that that in itself, like just really, it's just stuck with me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and I know that not a, you know, it didn't seem to really catch on, but I, I have, I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw it.
0: Well, speaking of films that we haven't been able to stop thinking about since we saw them, the next one on my list is pig with Mr. Nicholas cage. That was the next one on my list. Shut up. Oh my God. Uh, He's so amazing in this film. Alex Wolf is really great. Talk about, he has like um, a strong Barry Keegan vibe to him, where you're like, you see Alex Wolf in a film and you're like, this is going to be good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely picked, he picks really interesting roles. And yeah, uh, yeah. And seems, you know, for somebody who got a start on Disney, (laughs) <laughs> Boy has excellent taste.
0: I mean, we can say this about Zendaya. Like, if you grow up as a Disney kid, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to do something, like, very hacky and middle of the road. I
1: think that maybe we're just seeing a generation of, of Disney kids who are actually significantly more talented and, yeah, like, good in point. control of their careers than they mm-hmm. have been in the
0: past. Very good point. Uh, Yeah, Pig is Great is completely over the top. One of my favorite Nicolas Cage's performances uh, in a a strong pantheon of great performances. This is one of my favorites. Uh, It's very sad. I'll just warn you uh but it is really beautifully shot very like alice in wonderland type vibes where our protagonist goes on a a sort of like mythical mystical adventure and it is you know it's nicolas cage so does he chew the scenery in every goddamn scene yes but i actually find the most powerful moments to be when he's silent or quiet really really powerful and yeah, I love it and it's one of those films that I know a lot of people haven't seen, so I really encourage you if you have the opportunity to see Pig. It
1: is yes, it is worth seeking out. It will make you cry. It is also a really wonderful movie about food and yeah. our, you know, and our relationship to it, which I know can be very hacky sometimes, but also it was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's a, an exploration of uh, Food as sort of a time machine—that is fascinating—and like that is the, the scene that we're describing is absolutely the scene that made me burst out crying.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> so good. Um, you're you're up.
1: Uh, well, I just said that mine was also. I also had pig. You want me to go next? And I'll just yeah, say, yeah.
0: If we if we do doubles, just skip to the next one. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: so my my next one on the list. It's a little silly, but I I still can't believe it's true. Red Rocket.
0: <laughs> oh, I still haven't fucking seen it. Oh, so I it know. is
1: so good. Uh, it is, uh, you know, if you haven't heard of it, it's directed by, it's written and directed by Sean Baker, who did Tangerine in the Florida Project. So he's the guy making movies about uh, people living on the fringes. In a way, but in the way that's incredibly generous and charming and humane and empathetic rather than, uh, exploitative, like, and, uh, this was an interesting, I don't want to call it a departure, but Simon Rex, former MTV VJ and, uh, you know, dude who did an adult film or two back when he was 18, uh is the lead as a, you know, small-time hustler back in his hometown. Uh, he's just magnetic. Like, you can't take your eyes off him. You really feel, like, pulled in by his characters, like, you know, wheedling and wheeling and dealing. And it's just, And even though you know that he's toxic, you're still just like,
0: ah... <laughs> Um, yeah, they really do, got yeah. dicked. They really got dicked by awards a season. Because I yeah. remember early on, it was getting such good reviews that I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be like the small film that could, you know, like, are they going to go the distance? And then all of a sudden it was like radio silent.
1: Uh, I mean, it's that's it's who knows. And I guess maybe it was just too small. And the things are still so messy when it comes to film releases that it just got overlooked.
0: Well, Highly and an recommend- Oscar campaign is expensive. So it's yeah. like you either have a studio willing to pour that money into the effort or you don't. Right. <laughs> it's like Well, right.
1: and, and I think the reason that Florida Project even got as a, the attention it did was because it had Willem Dafoe in it. So the fact that Simon yeah. Rex is the biggest star mm, in this point. movie yeah. uh puts it firmly in the indie spirits uh category like area and not not quite breakthrough but it was an incredibly good uh just another like direct hit from sean baker like that guy is fascinating and i love i have loved everything he's done and i just am so excited that he has kept his quality up as he has
0: and that's a great example of not being awarded by the Oscars but also doesn't matter in the end because it got so much buzz and now it's like well going forward now they have this like great film as part of their portfolio that like got such amazing reviews and it's like it didn't win an Oscar but ultimately like will it matter
1: yeah I mean I think the 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 most important thing is that he has the freedom to keep making movies and he seems to mm-hmm. continue to be interested in making movies that are smaller and cover the care this specific territory that's not often the subject of you know movies that get attention um as opposed to using it as a jumping off point for something bigger and i know i'm not going to get into the whole like oh you know everybody's just auditioning for marvel but he doesn't seem to be trying to maybe he is but like he seems like he's got a a lane that he's interested in that i think is really fantastic
0: um, the next one on my list, I won't talk about too much because we talked about it so much on this show, but I did love it. The Lost Daughter, baby. Um, yeah, Very excited.
1: This one's on my list
0: too, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, very excited that, um, you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal is getting a lot of attention for it, as we've talked about extensively on this show. Um, The acting performances are amazing. And yeah, we we actually didn't uh, do adapted screenplay or original screenplay. Do you want to do it really quick? Oh yeah, let's do it. Okay. So adapted is Coda drive my car, Dune, the lost daughter and the power of the dog. Um, this is interesting because I think in terms of like the scale and the accomplishment, I would actually give it to Dune, but oh, this is hard. I'm between Dune, lo- the lost daughter, obviously Maggie and Power of the Dog.
1: I think Fuck. that if if it goes to... I mean, I I understand why you feel like, yes, it's, it's an Oscar worthy the accomplishment. It's still a sci-fi adaptation. And it's the yeah. first half of the first book. So I think that there's... Uh, I don't think it's going to get it.
0: I, I'm going to say Maggie.
1: I want it to be Maggie. I yeah. just want it to be Maggie. Because yeah. I thought that she did an amazing job. And, like... Uh, As somebody who's read a lot of Elena Ferrante, I felt like she really got the vibe.
0: (laughs) And we also talked about that it was a snub that she didn't get a director nom. And I feel like this might be the Academy's way of being like, we see you, we recognize you, but director was stacked, so we'll give you screenplay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and obviously, it's her first movie, so the academy can't just be like giving women nominations left and really right. Early. I mean,
0: what is this? Yeah. what What do you think this is? Um so original screenplay Belfast. Ugh, don't look up. <laughs> King Richard. I know I love Adam, but come on. Uh, King Richard, licorice pizza, and the worst person in the world. I think it might go to the worst person in the world.
1: I think so too. If not, I would actually say licorice pizza of all things. If there's Mm -hmm. a place where it'll win, uh, this movie will win something, it'll be here.
0: So are you calling it for Licorice Pizza? I'm going to
1: call it for Licorice Pizza. All right.
0: I'm going to nail you down with these predictions. Fine. Um, <laughs> no, but I think you might be right, because that's another film that like a lot of male critics liked a lot and um, is really, they would say, underrepresented at the Oscars. So that could potentially be a category where they like throw them a bone, you know?
1: Yeah, I think so. But also I do think that there's just, uh, it's also, you know, it's about the movies and, and like, it's about the golden era, you know, a golden era of Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. Like it's navel gazing in a way that I think, even though I love that movie and it is on my list, it's actually my next pick. Uh, you're, yeah. It What's on a your list?
0: Licorice pizza? Yeah. Oh my God. Really? Okay. I'm shocked. Um, really? I- yeah, here's my one memory of Licorice Pizza. My overwhelmingly white screening, laughing really hard at the scene where the dude does the racist Asian accent.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I watched it by myself. Good call. So <laughs> I did not have the experience of that cringe, um, uh, which that sounds really bad. I just, I loved it. I thought Alana was She's wonderful. Great. I thought and, the yeah. actors
0: were great. I, it, it is my favorite Bradley Cooper performance ever, maybe. Yeah, Um, I could see that. Very, very good. A a much needed injection of energy. Side note, quick, quick digression. I think it is so funny that the two writers forgot to do both adapted and original screenplay in our production. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I feel like we missed a major category. Oh, yeah, the people who write the fucking film. Okay, right. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's all right, guys. It's This is a loose format. It's a loose format. Um, yeah.
1: It's not our fault that the Oscars put them
0: below a bunch of production shit. That's bullshit, right? Like, writing is buried on that website. Oh, my God. Not okay. Anyway, yes,
1: I thought I thought it was great. I'm also deeply in the tank for Paul Thomas Anderson and have been since I was in high school. So... I never,
0: ever v- gelled. I never got okay. it.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I have been a huge fan of his since I rented Hard 8 when I was like 15 so I am of course going to end up putting one of his movies as as my favorite just because I love what he does Um, even though this was a more minor entry like I guess you know it was great but not as it's not one of my favorites it still ends up on my list for best of the year
0: I think the the age difference um skeezed a lot of people out (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I thought that was just like a unfortunate, blatant misreading of yeah, what was going on at in no the point, movie. <laughs>
0: at no point did I think she was actually going to fuck him. <laughs> like at no point. Cause I'm like, she's not, she just wouldn't, you know? But I think for people who, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what if the genders were reversed? And it's like, right. But they're not, <laughs> she's like, she's a woman. And like, sh- she's aware that it's weird. She's hanging out with these younger kids and it's because she has arrested development. Like, so that, that part of it never skeezed me out, but I never really fully connected with any of the characters. I don't know if I ever necessarily fully bought their relationship um, and yeah, I, I just couldn't emotionally connect with it, but you know, I, I respect filmmakers like him who try to tell these quiet stories in, um, a, a humble way and they don't have like a $200 million budget, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and I, he usually, I mean, I guess what was the last one he did? Was it Phantom Thread? Uh,
0: yeah. another film that I was like, that's good
1: uh and i fucking adore phantom yeah but i think like he usually does like i bet his next one will come out and be like when be like a world beater
0: because it usually
1: he usually alternates there's like one that's a little bit quieter and then there's one that like really blows your face off so or like
0: very like surreal yeah yeah i'm trying to think of there was one film of his oh i'm sorry there will be blood is one of my all-time favorite films so, I don't want to, I don't want <laughs> to like, yeah, be him. punch, drunk love. Um, yeah. he did punch, drunk love, right? Yes, yeah. I there was something I was like, I know I can't say that I've never connected with anything he's done. Um, but he, th- what was the one with Joaquin Phoenix? The
1: Master, that one no. did not,
0: no, 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 oh, no, not that one,
1: Inherent Vice.
0: Yes, I like that one a lot.
1: Mm That one was fine. I just didn't. It's
0: super divisive. Like even people who like him, they were like that one. I'm a little like and I was like that one I loved. Huh? Yeah, I know. Weird. Um, The master I there are like two breathtaking moments and then I am almost asleep the rest of the film. Yeah,
1: I actually hated the master. <laughs>
0: yeah, fair. That's fair. It was, is it the uh, handjob scene with the. Uh, uh, believe it yeah. or not,
1: the handjob scene was not the thing that turned me <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> it, that's an intense moment. Yeah. And not something you would think you'd see Amy Adams do. No,
1: not at all. No. Uh, so moving on, I guess you are up next.
0: So I have The French Dispatch that I think is criminally uh, under, can I even say underrepresented? Are they represented at all at the Oscars? I don't know. I think they are. Um, But but it is a gorgeous film. And again, we have to remember that Wes Anderson makes these type of films on a comparatively small budget when it comes to other Hollywood films. Which is incredible because every single famous actor in Hollywood is in the French Dispatch, but they're all working to scale. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how his films can cost $20 million, and yet you have half of Hollywood in it. Um, it's so beautiful. Every single scene is like, we've we've talked about Wes before on the show, but he's a very fussy, precise filmmaker. And every detail is just so clearly agonized over Um It's a visually stunning film. I think Jeffrey Wright is absolutely brilliant in it. He made me cry, which in a Wes Anderson film, which are usually films that I don't emotionally connect with for the most part, unless you have like a Ray Fiennes level performance or like, say like a Bill Murray or like a a Gene Hackman, you know, like something like really that steals the moment like that. Usually you're just watching a Wes Anderson film because it's like pretty Mm -hmm. and like quirky, funny shit is happening and that's okay. That's enough. But Jeffrey Wright just is incredible in The French Dispatch. And I I just thought that film got really snubbed. And I think that's uncool. Yeah. Just a fun
1: fun little plug. If you are looking for something else that Jeffrey Wright has done that is really spectacular, I recommend going back to the 90s and seeing his uh, breakthrough role playing Jean-Michel Basquiat in Basquiat.
0: Yeah. Uh, He
1: is spectacular in it. And you get to watch him... uh, interact with david bowie playing andy warhol
0: nice uh okay meredith you're up uh
1: my next movie on the list and this is where we get into horror movies that i saw and loved because they all come at once hence not putting them in in order tatan
0: oh meredith can i tell you something what i didn't like it (gasps) you monster I hope I mean, that everybody. I
1: hope that listeners will write in and tell Allison how incredibly wrong she is on this one because oof. I need to be. I need backup. Please help like, me. What did you like about it? Uh, it's wild over-the-topness. Uh, and the just.
0: Uh, I
1: mean, I love anything that has to. Like, I love movies where people fuck cars.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, really uh, can't. I can't uh, fault you there because that—that is what happens. To everybody, she fucks a car and she has a little uh, car baby, and then she pretends to be a twelve-year-old boy when she's clearly a grown-ass woman, and everybody's like, "Okay,
1: look, I—I I think you know, I just—it's super French. Now. Like, it's—it is super, super French. Uh, but it—it it gave me very like double feature with the Cronenberg crash or Mm -hmm. like even something you could watch with like Possessor, um, which is also was different Cronenberg, but also a great movie. Uh, I just, it it's the aesthetic really got like, did it for me. And I thought that like the weirdness, like it was French in the way that I like, it was giving me like city of lost children kind of vibes.
0: I think there were really beautiful visual moments that were like really captivating. But like the whole time I felt like, Pretty sick, and I wanted it to be over, and I would never ever watch it again, like for pleasure
1: oh uh, see some that this was it was my sweet spot for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I can completely
1: understand why I know that feeling and I have had it in many movies, so I cannot you know, but I loved it
0: the um the firefighter dad i thought uh i don't know, I forget that actor's name, but I thought he was great um <laughs> I just was so – and i it, it's effective, right? Because the film is supposed to make you, like, uncomfortable. I was so deeply uncomfortable the whole time that I was like, I want this to be over. <laughs> That's okay. Um that's okay. We like we like a spicy take on the list. Um, well, fortunately, we'll agree on my next selection, which is Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, oh. Meredith is a huge fan. Um, won't shut the fuck up about it. I have to be like, okay, enough. <laughs> you liked it. I have not um, even seen it. I have to say, so go yeah, yeah. go off, girl. So, hands down, my favorite theater-going experience of the year. I like to go see movies alone, especially if it's, like, late at night, because afterwards I like to put my headphones on, I like to process my thoughts, and um, go home and go to sleep. So, I sit down, and this kid is next to me, and when I say kid, he must be, like, 18 or 19, but... We're we don't know each other. And he sits down and he is just like vibrating with excitement. And right as the lights dim and the like the uh, previews are about to start, he leans over to me, a woman he doesn't know. And he goes, I'm so excited. I can't believe we're about to see it. And I was like, (laughs) me too, buddy. And then we had the best time. And like we've all seen the YouTube videos of people reacting to certain scenes. It is that energy level at every screening of a Marvel film, especially Spider-Man, which is you know their most beloved character, um, and No Way Home is a legitimately well-written, well-acted, excellent film, and it was a privilege to see it with my fellow nerds, and it was so fun, and um, uh, yeah, I was just really happy the whole time. So Spider-Man: No Way Home.
1: Nice. Uh, next on my list for uh the in the horror segment, uh, Censor. Ooh, okay. Uh, It is a British movie set in the sort of like late 70s, early, I guess probably early 80s. During the time in British history where everybody was terrified of what they called video nasties. So there was a censor board that actually cut out. Scenes of gore or like violence and sex to like help protect the youth oh, of Britain. Oh, I'm
0: dumb. I've seen this. It's great. Oh, yeah. Sorry. When you, when you said so- censor, I spelled it in my head as S E N. Oh, censor. Not censor. No, not C-E-N. censor C-E-N. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. A young woman who works in the censorship bureau who's got a trauma in her life past trauma in her life, uh, starts to come unraveled. Uh, it's very small, but it's very creepy. It gets under your skin. Um, and the lead actress is fantastic. Yeah. And it's just like, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, super effective for what it was doing. And it had the, like the color scheme and the, you know, sort of like the, the bright colors and, uh, lighting that really set everything off. So it felt really rich and lush despite being like pretty brutal.
0: Very brutal. It's great film. Um I realized we never got to talk about it because I had seen it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's a great film. Um next on my list is Zola, baby. Oh, yeah.
1: This one I forgot but I'm now I'm slotting it in on my list now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Taylor Page is so great in it and I also have to shout out my girl Riley Keo in a role that could have been so bad and, like, uh, problematic, let's say. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, it is, and it's still problematic in a lot of ways, but, like, she she finds the humanity in the character and is so great. Taylor Page recently, she won one of the smaller awards, I forget what it is, for uh, Zola, and I was really glad to see her recognized because Zola should have been recognized even more, and it was not because it, it's a smaller film, but... um. Directed by uh, Janitska Bravo. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name. Um, and yeah, it's a, a great film based on the tweets of Isaiah King. If if y'all were around in early early Twitter, that was a, a moment that I still remember when those tweets were incoming and everybody was just waited, uh, waiting with bated breath for the update to this epic story. And... Um, it's it's a great film, visually stunning. I'll say that there are really, really dark, intense moments. Coleman Domingo, uh, the great Coleman Domingo, plays a really scary character. And there are a couple really intense scenes between him and uh, Zola, who is played by Taylor Page. So just a, a trigger warning for that stuff. But yeah, it's it's super funny. I had a really fun time watching it a great great performance also by Nicholas Braun as her like as a uh, Stephanie's dipshit uh white boyfriend that is very very entertaining.
1: Oh, he is so funny. I mean, there are some truly fantastic moments in that in that movie that just still bring me so much joy. And yeah, I've it, it got overlooked and, and, you know, I don't know. It's made by a black woman and there's a, you know, and it's about <laughs> yeah, sex why. workers <laughs> and uh, the cast is mostly not white. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, who could have
0: predicted this would happen? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, uh, again,
0: if you have the opportunity, do you check out Zola?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where is my next one here? Sorry. I am suddenly having a, yeah. Weird meltdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess now's my time to say uh, I did finally watch uh, and drive my car.
0: So yeah. you, can,
1: uh, you can stop bothering me about that.
0: Good. Uh, yeah,
1: it is automatically on my list. Definitely goes into the top regardless of where exactly I put it, but it was fucking fantastic.
0: I'm glad you put it on your list because it's actually not on mine, but that is in no way reflective of how I feel about it. So I'm glad that it's on your list.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, I, it just, for a three hour movie, I didn't notice it. Like, No,
0: it's, it's crazy. And I like, I know every critic has said that, but it's true. And it's a wild feat. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I guess like, to me, it's not even important. I guess it's like, I don't even want to talk about what it happens in the movie. Because frankly, the reason why I think it's one of my favorites is because I watched a three hour movie and it felt like no time had gone by.
0: Like the opening title sequence doesn't come in until like minute 15 or something crazy oh yeah like by the time the title of the movie came up i was like what you're like like, wait we didn't do this already (laughs) yeah it's so funny um yeah that movie's really amazing because i would be like watching a scene and i was like this is a good scene and then suddenly i'd be crying Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how am I suddenly crying? And like that felt like magic. Like the scene where the first, uh, one of the first uh, auditions they have, mm-hmm. the um, the sign language interpreter or the the deaf woman who is deaf actress who's auditioning for them. Yeah, and she's signing, and like that whole sequence, I was like suddenly crying. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is this magic?
1: No, it just yanked me in, and I was completely powerless. It was incredible.
0: So good. Um, I'm glad it's on your list. My next one is uh, Shiva Baby, Ooh, which interesting I choice. feel like I saw one million years ago. Now, to me, this is a good example of like an uncomfortable, claustrophobic film that elicits feelings of like distress and discomfort, but I want to watch it again. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I I guess that's my threshold of um, discomfort, Shiva Baby, but directed and written by uh, Emma Siegelman, starring the great uh, Rachel Sennett. I love her so much. And yeah, it it takes place um, at a, a Jewish funeral service. A young woman is there with her parents and she's got this whole uh, subplot of uh, she has a sugar daddy who, uh-oh, she runs into at the funeral service. And <laughs> her entire family is trapped in this little house. And it's just, like, it's so awkward and very cringe humor, very Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's her performance is amazing. It's so good. Another really small film, weirdly written by, directed by, and starring women. Didn't get a lot of mainstream love, but it is excellent and I highly recommend it. Hmm. Good for you. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. I guess it's now- just like women supporting women, you know? Which we like. We do.
1: We We stand like it. We stand
0: it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I guess now, like, obviously, I do have Power of the Dog on my list because I love that movie. Me too.
0: Me too. Uh,
1: you can't. Just once again, it's beautifully made. It was shot in New Zealand and stands in for Montana. The performances are incredible. Uh, I was floored by watching, getting to watch Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Uh, And yeah, Benedict does do great work. So it's just, it's just a wonderful film. And I'm glad to have Jane Campion back, even if now I wish she would talk a little bit less.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Jane, stop talking about women of color. Stay in your lane, please. Um, can I ask you a potentially controversial question about Benedict? Sure. Is he always just doing a shade of Sherlock?
1: Uh, I think that that is his. Uh, his that's wheelhouse. his base. Yeah.
0: Now, here's my here's my question. Can he still be a good actor? Um, definitionally, if he is incapable of playing low status?
1: Uh, no, Ever. I do not think so. I think that it is possible for him to still be a good actor because there are okay. any number... Uh, think back to the golden age of Hollywood. There were there were actresses. I mean, like, could Grace Kelly play somebody from another class? No. Well, that's, that's an interesting
0: <laughs> question because it's like, if she was afforded the opportunity, maybe... Well, well no she wanted Oscar ever... playing
1: somebody who, like, the country girl was her playing oh, okay. somebody of a lower class. Uh, not her best performance, though. All of her oh, best okay. performances were when she was playing gorgeous, high-status women in Hitchcock films. And, you know, basically Yeah, I
0: mean, is. yeah, she, she crushes that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's interesting, because I'm like, he always plays high-status. He's, even, like, Doctor Strange is a version of Sherlock. And I've just seen him do it so many, like, even this is like cowboy sherlock where it's like i don't know i don't i don't know if i'm fully sold on him being a great actor i think he's very good at what he does well in his lane
1: i think that there i think we have to set set aside some recognition for people who are great when in their lane i mean yeah that's a good point because
0: we were literally just
1: talking about ben (laughs) affleck having a great lane
0: true yeah yeah he's very good Uh, at what he does
1: and like i don't think that we should discount him because he's best when playing inspirational former alcoholics in underdog <laughs> stories and cucks
0: like, right. those, those are good very roles. specific lands <laughs> he has to pick one he has to pick one yeah um yeah that's a good point no i i just think i'm having a little bit of uh benedict fatigue because i also see him as doctor strange which is a, another shade of that and i'm like I don't know if you can do something else. Like, even this uh, role, which he's good in, um, you know, the, the seams are showing sometimes. His accent slips a lot. Um, and I don't know if I ever really bought him as like a rough and tumble cowboy t- type. What I bought him as was like bitchy, passive aggressive, intellectual, which is Sherlock. Sure. Well, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. You know. Just okay. my feelings about Benedict. Um, I I would just like to see him attempt something wildly out of left field.
1: Oh, and see, I just don't know if I wanna see him stretch because I mostly I mostly wanna of, see it
0: yeah. to see if he can do it. Fair. Yeah. I guess and then I if you can, that. I'll be like, all right, so I guess this is what you do and you have to be used in a very limited capacity, but you're really good at that limited capacity. But yeah, we can't, you can't do low status obviously, yeah. but I, I, I'm just curious, like morbid curiosity. I'm like, I would like to see him try <laughs> cool. for my entertainment and to potentially ruin his career. Um, so I also had power of the dog on my list. My last one. And so I hope everybody's sitting down. Cause it's pretty, um, unusual for me. It is Dune. It's Dune, everybody. Uh, I loved it so much. How many times did I see it, you're asking? Uh, Well, in the theater, I saw it five times, I think. And then at home, I've probably seen it as many times. So we're looking at 10 times. My God. Yeah, baby. I love it. I love everything about it. I am totally into this world. Denis could make six more films than I would see them. Uh, Love it. I love it. I love it. Good job, everybody.
1: Um. I want to throw one last one on mine. I think, I'm not sure if I, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyway. Sure. Um, It's a different Oscar Isaac movie and one that (gasps) I made you watch, The Card
0: Counter. Yeah. It's an interesting film. uh, It's another Paul
1: Schrader, he of Taxi Driver and First Reformed. This time, yes, you see Oscar Isaac on the poster and you see the words The Card Counter and you think, oh, this is some idiotic, like, macho gambling movie it is so much more than that and it does yes. the uh it functions in a similar way of first reformed where like yes it's a crisis of faith but also it's about climate change and the horror of climate change this is about gambling and about trauma and the fucking war on terror in afghanistan like and iraq uh yeah. so it really it's small, but it's tense. It's interesting. He get, Oscar Isaac is a great performance. Willem Dafoe gives a great performance. Tiffany Haddish, I thought, like, sometimes she was very uneven, but yeah, she had fantastic but... chemistry with Oscar Isaac, and it was so really like, great to watch them.
0: That shocked me. So, like, I... It's a very uneven performance, but it's, it's almost, like, hypnotic for that reason. Like, every time she shows up on screen, it's, like, rolling the dice. Like, is she going to crush this scene or is it going to be, like, that's Tiffany Haddish attempting to act? And, like, it it could just be, like, a matter of inexperience. Like, she doesn't have a ton of acting experience and, like, especially a role like this. So maybe it's just, like settling into that but yeah like very uneven performance i was fully unprepared for like their sexual chemistry i was like this is crazy i could like fully buy them as like a couple that is just like seconds away from tearing off each other's clothes all the time Mm -hmm. and like you could easily give all that credit to oscar isaac who has chemistry with everyone he's on screen with but she is like bringing it she's so hot
1: (laughs) oh yeah It's, uh, it's definitely, she's
0: hottest hottest when she's not turned up all the way. Like when she's walking around like sweatpants and shit, I'm like, you're so hot.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Fantastic. Uh, just like, I thought it was a super overlooked movie. And I think that a lot of that was because nobody knows how to sell these films, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely worth checking out. I thought it was just really, um, Really fun. Would make a great uh, double feature with Croupier, this uh, 90s movie starring Clive Owen, um, mm-hmm. where he takes a job as a as a Croupier in a casino in London, um, extremely and uh, and is extremely hot and it's smorish. Nice. So, like, highly recommend if you're if you're in the mood for hot guys doing things in casinos, watch those two movies.
0: Who is the kid who's not Barry? <laughs> in this film uh, We're like, oh, i have to look was... him up <laughs> okay that's okay i also wanted to ask you did we ever get into the conspiracy theory of uh or the theory of why oscar's character uh covers everything in sheets in his hotel room i think
1: i thought it was because he needed to have zero evidence that he was there yeah. because of his that's trauma of like having been participant in torture
0: yeah, I thought like fingerprints, but they never actually give you the answer yeah. in the film, which I like. Um, but I assumed it was that. Well, yeah. great. Um, obviously, we're not going to do the top ten performances because we're already at uh, an hour uh, and a half, an hour forty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would like to know what how everybody else is feeling about the Oscars, whether it's about like the updated format or the nominations. Do you have any suggestions about who you think should have been nominated? We always like to hear about that. So hashtag Pod. If you're a Patreon supporter of mine, you can leave them in the comment section. And yeah, anything else you wanted to say or promote, Meredith?
1: Uh, everybody should go see X, the new Ty West oh, yeah. film. If you like House of the Devil and you like the idea of a movie where people making a super low-budget pornography movie get chopped up, with a twist you're going to love it
0: <laughs> is that in theaters for a while or is it going to be streaming do you know
1: uh i don't know i'm not sure if you can watch it on streaming yet it is out in theaters i saw it on friday um chances are it'll be around for you know for a bit okay. cuz it it is pretty you know it it got a decent amount of attention it oh, is I'm just being lazy fun.
0: I got to get my ass out to a theater. I'm like, I just want to stream it. No, I should support. Yeah. You're right. I should get to a theater. Yeah. Says
1: says you, who's been to the theater, how many mm-hmm. million times? So many
0: times. So many times. i was constantly sitting...
1: texting you and you're like, I'm on my way to see X film. Like, whatever. Did you I tell you the
0: crazy there. thing that happened the last time I saw Dune? They re-released it into IMAX. <laughs> so- Of course, I went back and I'm sitting there and a couple of people start coming in and they're also by themselves. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. The guy next to me goes, how many times have you seen it? And I was like, this is my fifth time. And he's like, shut the fuck up. This is my fifth time. And then the girl next to him goes, this is my fifth time. So three people had seen it. (laughs) Five times, and we were there by ourselves. I told somebody that this had happened, and they were like, How did you guys not become best friends after that? I'm like, I don't know. We just like quietly watched the film and then went our separate ways. <laughs> Like That's insane. We should have been best friends. Whatever. If you're so, listening to this yeah. right now, I see you. I respect you. I honor you.
1: Yeah. You, you three were basically the exact people that Nicole Kidman <laughs> and Vin Diesel were talking about in those advertisements for going back to the cinema.
0: Cinema. Yes. <laughs> we're supporting cinema. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to our special Light, Treason News Oscars. Spectacular. Thank you to Meredith. Please follow her on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark support everything she does and uh hey while you're at it if you're vaccinated if you feel safe doing so get out there and cause a little dang trouble